In an interview with U.S. news outlet CNN, White House security official John Kirby stated that the U.S. Navy's recent Taiwan Strait transit was consistent with Washington's One China policy. He said it was consistent step with the U.S.'s goal of a free and open Indo-Pacific. Let's hear what he said. Two cruisers. This was planned uh, long ago. In fact, about two to three weeks ago, I myself said publicly uh, that uh, while Speaker Pelosi was on the ground in Taiwan, that we would be conducting a Taiwan Strait transit in the next couple of weeks. This is that transit, very consistent with our one China policy, very consistent with our uh, desire to make sure that we can continue to, to work towards a free and open Indo-Pacific. This is consistent with that mm -hmm. policy. Fleet on Sunday announced that it was conducting a routine Taiwan Strait transit that same day. It added that the waters it would sail were areas where high seas freedoms of navigation and overflight apply in accordance with international law. It was the first such transit since the Taiwan visit of U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi earlier in August. Taiwan's summers are scorching hot, and although some buildings can stand the heat, not all of us live in homes fit for rising temperatures. Today we take a look at how nature manages the heat problem. Taiwan's wasps and hornets are perfectly adapted to deal with changing temperatures. Their nests are built to fit perfectly into the environment here. We spoke to experts from the Taiwan Forestry Research Institute to find out more. This is a paper wasp nest. They use their mandibles to strip fibers from plants and bring them back to build their nests with. Just like we use cement, they stick the fibers on, layer upon layer. They can only bring so much material back in one go. And sometimes, because they bring back fibers of different places, the colors of those fibers vary. Compared to paper wasps, hornets build extremely intricate nests. They build many dense layers on top of the nest and leave just one entrance at the bottom. The casing of the hornet's nest has many, many layers, and there is space between each layer, so it is extremely good insulation. If the nest gets too hot inside, the hornets flap their wings to circulate the air, and they may even go outside to get water and bring it back to spray inside the nest. If the nest gets too cold inside, the hornets vibrate their abdomens to heat the nest up again. Perhaps most amazing is the way they build each cell of the nest in a perfect hexagon. That's the most efficient shape for maximizing volume which you can find in nature. Who would have thought that hornets would have such a good grasp of geometry as well as thermal dynamics? Perhaps that's why they're known as nature's master architects. In a pre-recorded message, President Tsai Ing-wen gave an address at the New York Mets Taiwan Day on August 28th. The baseball team has been celebrating the day every year in New York since 2005. In the video, Tsai introduced former baseball player Peng Zhenming from the CTBC Brothers in Taiwan. Let's hear what she said. Hi, Mets fans. It's wonderful to see you all again on this year's Mets Taiwan Day. I'm sure that baseball fans in Taiwan and the U.S. are all enjoying being back at the ballpark. With life returning to normal as the pandemic subsides, Taiwan's professional baseball league has been going for 33 years now. Over the years, our teams have developed large fan bases as well as their own unique cheerleading squads and team cheers. I would like to take this opportunity to thank the United States for donating 4 million vaccine doses to Taiwan. 
through such generosity, we were able to overcome the pandemic and get back to our beloved baseball games. Today, I want to introduce a Taiwanese baseball player who once represented us in the World Baseball Classic, Peng Zhengming, but I just call him Cha Cha. He captained the national team in so many games that he is also known as Captain Taiwan. Peng threw the first uh, ceremonial first pitch at the annual event, wearing a CTPC baseball jersey emblazoned with his number 23. He is the first player from Taiwan's professional baseball league to do so. As for the baseball game itself, the New York Mets lost to the Colorado Rockies 0-1. The issue of affordable housing has long been a challenge for the Taipei City government and one that the incumbent administration has been criticized over. With the local elections just around the corner, the three candidates for Taipei mayor have given glimpses of how they would deal with the issues. DPP Taipei mayoral candidate Chen Shizhong attends the Imageable City exhibition, listening attentively as the curator explains an installation. Chen was the first of the city's three mayoral candidates to bring up the issue of urban renewal. Some have expressed curiosity over what his thoughts are on incumbent Mayor Ko Wenge's progress on the issue over eight years in office. We've come up with ideas and have taken input from experts. The next step will be for us to get a better understanding of the issue, to discuss it with more people, and then we can implement rolling amendments. Any city government, including that of Mayor Kerr, will work on the issue for a long time and will certainly encounter difficulties in terms of finding where the difficulties lie and figuring out how to overcome them. That's not something that can be solved through just talking about it. Taipei Deputy Mayor Huang Shanshan is also now formally in the race after she recently tendered her resignation. Huang has come under fire from the KMT, who criticized her advocacy for transcending party lines, calling her a political chameleon. The KMT says Huang is a fence-sitter who reaps benefits from both sides of the political spectrum. Chen has not shared in these attacks on her. However she wants to change is up to her. Everyone goes through changes. Using this to attack her as being a so-called chameleon is unfair, I feel. After all, within the pan-blue camp, there are also some people who frequently change their stance on things. The day after announcing her bid for mayor, Huang met with the operators of some smaller hotels to discuss a proposal. Huang suggested that older hotels could be renovated and converted into rental properties for older adults. We would help older adults by managing their properties for them and renting them out to younger people, and the rent would be comparable to that of social housing. I think this would be in line with our goals to implement housing justice. The day before, Chen also issued a white paper on housing justice, saying the city should build 50,000 social housing units within four years. However, Huang disagreed with the idea. Social housing isn't something you can just call for a day and then tomorrow it will appear. Why do we need to cooperate with private companies? Because the city spent eight years trying its best to build more social housing complexes. We really tried very hard to build them. But building social housing is not that simple. The neighbors always have so many opinions on the matter. Huang held a press conference on the issue of social housing. But critics say she didn't handle the issue well as deputy mayor and that she would just become another mayor. Seeing the criticisms against Huang emerge, 
Fellow candidate Yang Wan and from the KMT sees the opportunity to express his stance. Having young and old switched housing would be a win-win scenario. The Taipei government previously said it already had been working on it, but they actually didn't start until March this year, and nothing has been implemented. If the government is going to handle urban renewal, we have to expand capacity and lower the threshold, and the government has to get involved as soon as possible. With three candidates now in the race for Taipei mayor, things are heating up. The candidates have already faced off over the issue of housing and given voters a glimpse of their policies on a key issue. A new website reveals the criminal records of Taiwan's local politicians for the first time. Data from news and court records was put together to create the database of city and county councillors' histories. It's a project from the nonprofit Taiwan Anti-Corruption and Whistleblower Protection Agency Association. They found that 15% of Taiwan's sitting local representatives have a criminal conviction. His birth name was Xu Xiangming, and then it was changed to Xu Binghua. Only after the second name change did it become Xu Shou-Rei. And under the previous names, there were records of him identified as linked to organized crime, to violent organizations, criminal organizations. Secretary General of Topa Huang Guotang presents data about the criminal records of sitting local government representatives. The records have been compiled by trawling through media reportage and court records. There are representatives implicated in the Firearms and Ammunition Control Act, including Duan Shuwen and Zhang Jingkun, who was given a prison sentence for a shooting incident. Tainan City Councillor Guo Qinghua was also convicted for carrying a firearm under that act. Tolpa has a new webpage listing the criminal records of political candidates of all stripes from across Taiwan. The records of all sitting representatives can be accessed at the click of a finger. Of course, we can't be sure how representatives will execute their duties in the future, but I think we can have objective standards to refer to in terms of their past and how they manage their behavior. Now that the Tolpa has provided this data, if people still want to buy into these candidates, then all I can say is it's Taiwan's karma. The statistics show that from 885 sitting local government representatives, 136 have criminal convictions, about 15 percent. Tolpa hopes the data will inform voters about politicians, but also inform political parties in their choice of electoral candidates. If they continue to nominate people with criminal histories, they'll need to explain why. Registration for Taiwan's upcoming local elections opened on Monday. Though campaigning events began months ago, they are now in full swing. Among the candidates that registered for the election on Monday were DPP Taoyuan mayoral candidate Zheng Yunpeng, who was escorted by the current mayor of Taoyuan and even Premier Su Zhen Chang. The DPP's last candidate to be nominated for the November local elections, Taoyuan mayoral candidate Zheng Yunpeng, on Monday became the party's first candidate to register for the race. I want to tell everyone that we will assemble our team in the shortest time possible and I will slowly become Zheng Wenshan 2.0. The KMT has encountered a lot of turmoil in this pre-election period, and so they are looking at the Taoyuan mayor, 
who represents a turning point for the DPP. They have a lot of cold words for others, but it's clear that the KMT doesn't have the support base in Taoyuan that they thought they had. Zheng Yunpeng has been a legislator for many years. He has comprehensive experience, is rich in academic achievements, and he's full of energy, humorous and interesting. Former DPP legislator Zheng Baoqing had expressed strong interest in running for Taoyuan mayor, but Premier Su Zhenchang has confidence in Zheng Yunpeng's chances at the election win. Taoyuan mayor Zheng Wenchan has also expressed support for Zheng Yunpeng, saying his campaign chances are greater than people realize. Meanwhile, the DPP's candidate for Taichung also registered for the election on Monday. I can't wait to tell the people of Taichung to take action. Our city can't wait any longer. I feel that a municipal government's implementation of policies should be like a relay race. When a runner is particularly slow in passing on the baton, then the next runner has to pick up the slack and make up for the last runner's lost time. Tsai also had strong support at Monday's campaign event. Alongside current local lawmakers, former legislators Chen Bo-wei and Hong Ziyong were also on hand to rally voters. Meanwhile, DPP Jilong mayoral hopeful Tsai Shi-ying had the backing of Jilong mayor Lin Youchang, as well as 13 of the city's councillors. Mayor Lin Youchang being here to support me, as well as all of our candidates, shows that the efforts over the past eight years of the central government to cooperate with the local governments has earned the approval of Jilong residents. Taiwan People's Party legislator Ann Kao found support in Taipei Mayor Ge Wenzhe's mother, He Rei-ying, who accompanied the Xinju mayoral hopeful to register. A new city government to put city residents' hearts at ease. If we get elected, we will ensure better public participation in the Xinju city's governance. Only then will our city be upgraded. With local election candidates lining up to register, campaigns are now in full swing, and politicians former and current are out there throwing their weight behind their candidates of choice. Xinzhu locals were baffled in recent weeks by a strange arboreal incident. In Zhubei City, a row of trees along Xinlong Road all developed a yellow band at the same height off the ground. The leaves and branches at a certain height all shifted from their usual green. But how did it happen? The local public works department was on the case. Trees line this avenue in an orderly row. It's a lovely green fringe for the road, except for this stretch of about 650 meters. All these trees have a mysterious band of beige-yellow leaves at exactly the same height off the ground. These Chinese juniper trees line the island in the middle of Xinglong Road. Recently, dozens of trees of the south-facing side developed the yellow band, mystifying motorists. The Xinju Public Works Department swung into detective mode to figure out what was up. We think it was a contractor's asphalt paver laying asphalt in June or July. The weather conditions were hot, so the temperature of the exhaust fumes had an effect on the leaves and the branches of the Chinese juniper trees. Mystery solved. A vehicle laying a new road surface was emitting exhaust fumes from its top left corner, exactly at the same height as the beige-yellow band. With the paver sitting on the road for hours, its fumes scorched the trees brown. We'll see if it affects the survival of the Chinese junipers. At the same time, we will do some pruning and management of the leaves. 
The 15-year-old trees have never been scorched like this before. The strange sight has brought puzzlement to visitors and Shinju locals alike. The Department of Industrial Technology was one of the participants at this year's 2022 Meet Greater South Expo in Kaohsiung. The department brought over R&D institutes and startups developing innovations in the fields of 5G, artificial intelligence, and the Internet of Things. The DOIT says the event was a success as developers caught the attention of major steel and petrochemical companies. Meanwhile, the Industrial Technology Research Institute signed an MOU with a local convenience store to install autonomous mobile robots that can deliver meals right to workers' offices. The Department of Industrial Technology under the Ministry of Economic Affairs was one of the many participants at the 2022 Meat Creator South Expo at Kaohsiung Exhibition Center. On day one of the event, the department announced some good news. On the first day of the event, we immediately heard that the startup team we nurtured has secured orders from three companies. That's just on day one. I think this proves that southern Taiwan has great potential for developing innovations. The Department of Industrial Technology says a startup team that it had nurtured had secured orders from major steel and petrochemical enterprises in Kaohsiung. At the expo, Itri showcased its newly developed autonomous mobile robot. It's the first vehicle of its kind in Taiwan capable of transporting meals indoors and outdoors and calling elevators autonomously. The robot has caught the eye of a delivery platform operated by a convenience store chain. The developers and the retailers signed an MOU to implement the technology at Kaohsiung Software Technology Park so that employees can order food online and get it delivered by robot straight to their offices. Over the next four years, we will invest 10.6 billion NT on technologies and innovations at the Asia New Bay Area 5G AIoT Innovative Park. It's not just innovative technology. We also hope to turn the Asia New Bay Area into a smart living park. Already, 11 companies from home and abroad are bringing their most innovative 5G AIoT technologies to the Asia New Bay Area, attracting more than 12 billion NT R&D investment. ETRI, the Institute for Information Industry, the Metal Industries Research and Development Center, and the Ship and Oceans Industries R&D Center were just some of the exhibitors showcasing their latest developments, with developers putting forward more than 23 technologies they hope to implement in southern Taiwan. In addition, 13 startups took part in the event to find a future for 5G and AIoT technologies and industries in southern Taiwan. Taiwan shares nosedived on Monday after the Fed on Friday announced it was committed to continue raising interest rates to counter inflation in the U.S. Taiwan tech shares, including TSMC and MediaTek, led the Taiwan sharply down on Monday. Shares in sea and air shipping, traditional industry and finance also took big losses over the course of the day. Overall, Taiwan shares closed down 352 points or 2.31 percent at 14,000. 926. Over in the foreign exchange market, the new Taiwan dollar depreciated by 0.178 to close at 30.296 NT against the greenback as investors move funds away before the Fed's expected rate hikes. The Taiwan Stock Exchange has advised traders to act rationally and not to panic. It said it would launch stabilization measures should it be advised to by the relevant agencies. It's almost time to get back to school, and education centers around Taiwan are taking the last steps before another school year with COVID. Class cancellation rules are due to be relaxed two weeks into the new term so that students who test negative on rapid tests 
can continue attending classes as normal. Experts say that though Taiwan is expected to see another COVID wave in September, this time it will be the BA5 subvariant, which tends to cause milder symptoms. Students go through temperature checks to ensure none of them have a fever. This is Taipei Shizhi Elementary School. With classes starting tomorrow, COVID preparations are in full swing. It's almost the start of the new school year, so of course disinfection is a must. We have enough test kits, face masks, and cleaning supplies, as well as forehead and ear thermometers. COVID school closure regulations will remain unchanged for the first two weeks of class. That means that classes will be cancelled for three days if any positives are found in class. Then, starting September 12th, regulations will change. Students who test positive will still have to isolate at home for seven days. But any contacts, including people they've been in close proximity to without face masks for at least 15 minutes, will be able to continue going to school if they test negative in a rapid test. Over the past two years of COVID, the school has conveyed health protocols calls very well, and the Parent-Teacher Association has abided by the rules too. The school implemented COVID measures and was clear in its communication with the Parent-Teacher Association, so we were up to date. We're not worried. Experts say a new wave of local COVID infections driven by the BA5 Omicron subvariant could peak in September. The BA5 subvariant is a different kind of virus, so it will definitely replace the BA2 subvariant, kicking off a new wave. Schools are a place where people gather, so there's a higher likelihood for infection. BA5 infections tend to be rather mild, so the government is still willing to ease regulations. With local COVID cases on the rise, demand for rapid tests is going up. Starting September 1st, people aged 65 and up are entitled to receive five rapid tests from more than 4,600 pharmacies nationwide wide by just presenting their NHI card. Meanwhile, experts call on parents to get their young kids vaccinated to reduce the risk of infection and severe symptoms.